Hello, I'd like to welcome you to the second in a series of three interviews that will accompany the Horniman Residency. These interviews will follow the experiences of the artists engaging with the work and collection of the Horniman Museum and give a bit of insight to other practitioners who might be looking to engage with similar organisations and collections. My name is Nick Caploni, I'm ArtQuest Senior Programme Coordinator and I'm very pleased to be joined today by Helena Hunter, the artist awarded the Horniman Residency. So, um, Helena, we last met in January uh, when we heard about your practice and plans for the residency. Um, I just wondered if you could say a little bit about what stage of the residency and research you're at now. Yes. Um, well, I guess the period of the residency has now come to a close. Um, so, the, the research residency, residency is finished. However, there's a lot of uh, works and um, kind of continuing relationships and conversations that are going on from that residency. So, um, yeah, that's really exciting and um, it's all to be kind of explored in the future. Um, so, I'm currently in communication with um, a creative producer at the Hornman Museum about um, doing some kind of event to sort of showcase the research and also talking to the exhibitions team about the possibility and potentialities of kind of some or another interacting with the displays um, so that's really great um, mm. and really exciting there have been other um, kind of uh, different projects and things that have come out that are kind of related to the Hahnemann but not actually within the Hahnemann so other organisations such as uh, Contemporary who did um, an exhibition and a festival called Eco Futures where I showed some of the work and also um, Gasworks Curatorial Residence uh, they did a project called Regarding Over Everything Which Exists Under the Sky, which I also shared some work with as well that came out of the residency. So it feels very much like it's been a very fruitful period, and although it's drawing to a close, the actual interaction with the museum and the period of the residency, new things have emerged. Great. So. And, and uh, you, you mentioned a couple of sort of opportunities that have come out mm -hmm. kind of outside of the, the Horniman Museum. I just wondered if you could say a little bit about how, how those came about, whether those were existing relationships or, or whether they came about in another way. Yeah, so um, with Contemporary and the Eco Futures Festival, um, I, I had engaged with them previously before they programmed my work, but actually uh, this new body of work was, it was really great to kind of explore that with them and think about how that might um, sit within their context and, and what they're kind of, what they're exploring. That was really great, um, and then um, so that was like a continuing relationship. Yeah. But then uh, the Gasworks curatorial residents, um, how they actually came um, about sort of finding me, was that one of the curators who's part of the collective, um, one of her artist friends um, had applied for the Hardman residency, not got it, but said, "Oh, you should check out the person who's actually got it. They're kind of they're they're interested in the work." And the, so. Um, so yeah, the curator kind of checked me out and then we met and then we had conversations about the research and met the rest of the curatorial residents and then they decided they wanted to kind of commission me to do some work right. and also involve some of the work I'd already done in, in the project. So that was really great. That's Yeah, it's nice to hear when like, because obviously one of the things that we, we, we love is for the, for the residency artists to sort of build a relationship with with the host institution, that being the Horniman in this case, but also it's really nice to hear about how you kind of use that opportunity yeah. to generate others or others find you, mm -hmm. so that's great. Um, I just wondered if you could um, talk a little bit about how your expectations of the residency compared to the realities of it. Yeah, 
Um, I think it was definitely better than I expected, uh-huh. um, which was really great. But in a kind of different way as well. I think when I first began, and also when I, when I remember talking to you in the interview, um, there was a lot of different plans going on. Like I, I think I spoke to you about like, oh, you know, I want to do a series of podcasts. I want loads of reading groups to happen, and I want to get the staff and like people from outside and. You know, we're going to do interviews with everyone, we're going to do audio, I wanted to audio record the spaces, the audiences that, that visited the museum. So there was, there was lots of kind of, aside from the actual work and research, there was a lot of things that I kind of wanted to do. But what the kind of structure of the residency gave me is like a real focus. Uh-huh. So um, I think sometimes with residencies what you can do is often get so... Um, not sidetracked but you get so influenced by the space and the context you're operating in that often it's quite hard to actually get the work done but I think just due to the sort of um, the time frame and you know it was very specifically I decided we'll do two days a week like actually in the museum yeah you know, working in the museum it gave a structure to it so what it ended up being is a really streamlined um, project um, which was really specific which was very much about okay there are these extinct and endangered birds in the museum. I'm going to do a series of durational writing encounters with them, and that's going to happen throughout the duration of the residency. And then the additional thing that came up around that was working with a conservation t- uh, team, looking at x-rays of these extinct and endangered birds that I was working with. So, which doesn't sound like a lot, but that was huge, and generated a huge amount of work, and took up to a, an awful lot for both the museum and myself to organise. Um, but that kind of structure was really robust and I felt like I could really kind of do the work Great. that I'd set out to do. Because so that's quite frequently the way I imagine with sort of research residencies or particularly when you're, you know, you, you, there's a lot of material, there are a lot of options and kind of ideas floating around mm-hmm. and then once you're there, you kind of focus in a lot more like a laser on a particular aspect yeah. of, of what, what you've been planning. Um, so, uh, kind of related to that that subject, um, has the residency uh, changed or reinforced your approach to making work more broadly? Because I mean, you've worked a lot with collections and stuff before. Mm. Uh, has this kind of yeah has this sort of cemented an approach or uh, introduced different different ways of working mm. in, in relation to engaging with collections? It's it's made me think about more about how you communicate to people about your work. Um, particularly people who are working within the museum and the need for kind of like ongoing communication through process and that's a really positive thing and that's yeah. something that the Hahnemann were really open up for and available to do. Um, you know, I never felt like, oh I'm taking them away from their job. It was very much like the staff were very supportive, I'd set up meetings with them, you know, uh, if I needed access to something it would it would be facilitated and really quite quickly. Um, so I think that um, why and how that happened was that there was this ongoing communication, you know, there were plans circulated, plans were adjusted based on. So I think just being really transparent, like I said in the previous interview, at the, f- at the very early stages about what it is you want to do yeah. and how that's actually going to happen and understanding what that takes for the museum to actually put those things in place kind of you know an awareness of that and a way of of communicating that's really great so there was cross sort of departmental communication within the institution that facilitated what what you were able to do yeah 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 great there was there was and then 
I think also something about not taking on too much. Yeah. Like I said in the first bit, just not, you know, keeping the activity really focused and because um, actually just even just doing a very small focused piece of research requires quite a lot of um, infrastructure to support. Uh -huh. So, you know, that was something that I kind of learned, just being clear and, and keeping it focused. And definitely um, just a sense of collaboration. So, like all the conversations and uh, different activities that I did within the museum, you know, they were really relying on people uh, sort of collaborating, you know, like, like getting to know the work, mm. me hearing what their research was. And that was what something that was really great is that, you know, the conversations with the conservation team, understanding how they actually look at these taxidermy mounts of birds and the different kind of techniques um, for looking. And, and kind of investigating, like for me, was just very interesting to kind of hear about and then to think about my research in relation to that and communicate what I was doing. And actually what I found was a very much a kind of, um, like an openness and a sense of um, kind of uh, excitement around the work yeah. and, and wonder and a surprise. So um, yeah, just like the importance of collaboration, conversation, um, you know, there are tons of people I work with and, you know, the musical instrument department, the librarian who was just fundamental, yeah. uh, some of the uh, handlers were really important <laughs> to the process, the conservators, um, and then um, around some of the works that were created, there were also a whole network of collaborators, so it's never like you're an artist on your own, mm. stuck in a studio, you know, making your work in this isolated kind of uh, way you know it's always like a series of connections and relationships um, which make the work so I think that it's taught me that in a really, yeah. really great fruitful way and uh, what I, you might have mentioned it in the first interview sorry if you have I can't remember how long were you into the process before you kind of came across the the, the x-rays specifically that you were um, so taken by I think I'd been working there for actually maybe it was like the first month maybe I did it in there like sort of three to four weeks and I'd had it on my radar that I really wanted to talk to the conservators but I hadn't quite got round to it because I wanted to kind of get settled yeah. and uh, establish how I was going to gain access to the, the birds that I wanted to work with and then once that was in place I felt like there was room then to and I knew how that would work and I got into the habit of kind of writing with these birds um, I thought okay now I can look at a different kind of practice sure so yeah about sort of three to four weeks in probably and and in terms of um, the challenges that the the sort of residency threw up could you talk a little mm -hmm. bit about some of the unexpected challenges practical or otherwise that mm -hmm. the residency presented you with that you were like oh my god i'm not i didn't expect mm -hmm. that i've got to negotiate that yeah i think um actually a lot of that comes through um the content actually so um Kind of when you're dealing with extinct and endangered um, birds um, and just extinction in general, <laughs> so it's quite heavy and yeah. it's quite loaded. It's also incredibly complicated. You know, extinction is quite an abstract word, um, and the residency re really was about words, but it was also about um, breaking words open and about complexity. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it was as I started to go into the sort of histories of, for example, the passenger pigeon, this whole kind of network of um, social, cultural, political, economic um, sort of 
networks of power mm. open up. So, um, and that's huge. And also, it's, it's very much in the past. And then to go into that and start to research that, um, even just with one bird, uh, becomes, you know, it's like a, more than a PhD. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so you've got a really short amount of time. Yeah. So um, I feel like, yeah, the content was um, heavy and, um, and quite uh, loaded and, and complicated. And so I think what I had to square off is that, look, you're not going to cover absolutely everything you can't do. You know, you can find out and communicate all this information. Um, but what you can do is within the time period frame try to get what it is we can get done done. Mm. Um, you know, you just got to recognise the context, the time frame, the scope and scale of the yeah. project and keep it manageable. And I think that was um, it was actually quite unexpected because I thought I'd just breathe in there, do the work, yeah. come out, you know, but actually you get entangled in all these histories and stories and complexities around one bird and you think, Okay, wow, that's that needs a lot of work. It carries longer than the, this residency. The more you dig, the more you find, yeah. the more it kind of like uh, threads attached to kind of different subjects and different areas of research. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, and, and kind of on that subject, mm. uh, you know, researching, opening up, research, opening up paths, different potential directions. Um, can you talk a little bit about some, you know, tantalising paths that came up that you didn't follow? Definitely. Yeah. There was lots of those. Um, I think one of the most memorable, and actually I probably will pick this up at some point, um, is um, the pests in the museum and pest prevention programmes. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just fascinating that there's these living organisms within the museum that live on the dead organisms in the museum. Oh, wow. And there's a whole pest prevention kind of... Um, task force in place ah. to, to kind of, you know, obviously preserve and conserve and maintain what the museum has. So even though it feels like everything is, um, it's all about preservation, which it is, but you know, it's also like trying to prevent this, the, these pests kind of coming in. I, I didn't know this, I yeah, kind of came in and I was like, what? And then yeah. I met with uh, Joe Hatton and she, you know, she opened up this whole world of pests. And, <sighs> Frass and all these other things <laughs> that you have to look out for to to you know you have to find and look out for to sort of prevent um, the deterioration of these um, these uh, yeah collections. And yeah, because I guess as someone as someone outside of that sort of conservation context, you think you know once they're in display the display case they're relatively okay, but actually there's oh, there's, no, there's an ongoing battle. Work, yeah. Yeah, 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 and it's the same with the environmental monitoring, so the humidity yeah. and. Uh, temperature, light, all these things um, that particularly when you talk to the conservation team that, that you know there's this whole other um, world out there <laughs> that is in kind of maintenance and control of the environment which is really interesting when thinking about the environment and um, more generally you know in terms of environmental change yeah. and post-natural and things like that. Yeah. So there was yeah definitely a project there to be to be picked up. And um, uh, just practically uh, speaking, could you t talk, talk to us a little bit about how you typically spend your, your time at the museum, but yeah. also away from it? So yeah. what kind of, uh, yeah, what, what activity took place outside of the museum yeah. as a result of being in it? Okay, oh yeah. I guess the, the core part of the residency was these durational writing encounters. Um, 
with the taxidermy mounts of these extinct and endangered birds. And um, these were quite long, they were like six hours uh, per session. And I worked with um, the Huya bird, the Kakapo, the passenger pigeon, the great auk, and the Atlantic puffin. So those series, those are a series of, of sessions that need to be arranged with an actual history curator, Joe Hatton, uh, and a colleague, Emma. And we had to find a, a separate space, a quiet space, and a space where um, all the kind of environmental conditions were okay for the, the, the you know, specimen. Mm. Um, so that was kind of the core of the, of the residency, really. And that happened actually in the Natural History Museum, but also off-site in the larger archive that they have. So I was kind of going between those two spaces. Um, there was obviously the work in the conservation department where I had a series of conversations with them in, in their amazing space. Uh, and um, I also worked in a separate space, which is where they kind of photograph and x-ray um, lots of different uh, collections, objects. Um, and that's where I photographed the x-rays and also looked at them and there was a light box and kind of interacted with them. So that was um, another kind of element. And then I also got access to the library. So uh, Margaret um, actually, uh, Burley, who's the musical instruments, and curator, she organised for me to get access to the museum uh, library, and so that became a kind of little workspace and um, a place where I can do further kind of research uh, into the birds. Mm. There's loads of books there, um, some very rare and very old, um, some really new. Um, so I did a lot of research there, and that was really nice to work there because you know it was more of a reflective space. Uh -huh. and, um, so those are the kind of key activities. You know, there was conversations in the cafe with like various different people outside the museum as well that I brought in different kind of artist colleagues or scholars, friends that I would sit and kind of talk to about the research. Um, and then, I guess outside the museum, um, I used the British Library quite a lot. So there were books that I wanted to get that were maybe more kind of um, critical theory yeah. uh, books, things like this. Um, books about extinction, uh, that I thought, well, I can't get hold of those in the museum, so I'd, I'd go and use that space. Um, and then obviously the studio, so writing, editing, doing different kind of material experiments with the language that uh, and the kind of poetic text that I've created. Um, and then I booked some sort of space in the rehearsal, in a rehearsal studio to sort of do kind of spoken word work, um, which led to the, that was in preparation for the performance I did as part of the Gasworks curatorial mm. project. Um, so yeah, um, lots of work outside, lots of work inside, yeah. that sort of thing, yeah. And um, one of the things that we talked a little bit about earlier is the, is the museum audiences um, and the people who went to the museum. Mm. Um, uh, was there any opportunity to sort of engage with museum audiences over the course of the residency directly? And um, yeah, did they have any kind of impact in the development and direction of your research? I think that um, that's actually something that will be developed from this research. The research is very much about practice-based research with the, um, the specimens themselves, with the taxidermy mounts, with the extinct and endangered birds, the reading, the engagement with the conservation team. Um, and then, like I said, there's conversations with Ollie about how that kind of research and work kind of reaches or involves the public. Uh -huh. And there's been conversations about a series of writing workshops 
or a performance um, or doing a kind of social engaged project where I bring people in to kind of activate and write and create um, work around these um, extinct and endangered birds, be that kind of locally or in a kind of choir based context. So we're, we've got lots of kind of speculative ideas there. Um, and also there's this um, potential of also exhibiting um, so that the works kind of reach the public actually mm. on the floor in the yeah. museum as well. So as I say, that I think it's quite a lot to ask um, both the museum staff and an artist to um, research and make and then immediately deliver something. Yes. And I think particularly with sort of socially engaged work, um, it kind of needs a bit of a longer Process. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So I think I think it's you know things will come out of this. I think yeah. initially it was just like like have some kind of contact with the the collections, find out what the research is, yeah. what are you looking at, you know, do the research, and then those kind of things are starting to develop and evolve as the kind of research has period has finished. Yeah. So that's our next phase, I think. Uh, my, my my sort of next question was around. Um, you know, primarily the, the, the goal of the residency is to create some thinking space. Yeah. Um, but it sounds like it also has resulted in Words. new new work, yeah. which is great, and also opportunities for like further like in, in, engagement and public events and stuff potentially yeah. as well. Yeah, I mean there's there's a whole new body of work there called Falling Birds. Yeah. Um which has like resulted in four kind of light box prints. Um I think 10 new poems that have been publicly shared right. through the Gasworks um, curatorial residence project. There's a film that's been made with um, Mark Peter Wright, who's a sound artist. It's like a Foley film where um, we were interested in uh, like resuscitating um, uh, and fabricating the sounds of, ex of um, particular passenger pigeon. So we found, well, I went through my research, I came across lots of different descriptions of the sounds of the passenger pigeon um, and I sent those to Mark and then he kind of interpreted them through this kind of foley, pra the practice of foley, so you know, um, you see it in filmmaking and documentary and nature documentaries uh -huh. where, you know, um, there's an ant making a noise and it sounds like it's eating something but someone's just rustling some crisps or something and that's the sound, you know, so um, so that's, that's another work that's come out of it. Um, and there's, a, there's lots and lots of, so, you know, with each bird, there's a whole load of writing. Yeah. So that then really needs to now be uh, gone through, edited, uh -huh. uh, and kind of transformed either through publication or performance. So it's like a kind of well, I guess. You kind of build a well and then you can kind of keep drawing from it and transforming yeah. it and, you know, m making it um, different iterations of it to different forms. Um, can you talk a, a bit about the departments and the museum staff that you've worked with over the course of the residency? Yep, so um, I worked a lot in the library and the staff there were really helpful because um, I talked to them, met with them and talked to them about the research and um, they were able to uh, find a whole host of books for me um, to do with the different aspects of the research I was dealing with. Um, and I actually got my own trolley so I had all these books lined up so when I went in um, I could go and just kind of read and make notes um, and that was really helpful because it would have taken me ages to you know find and <laughs> um, navigate the kind of system get set up on the system and kind of try and find it so they were like really invaluable to the research um, the conservation team obviously so particularly uh, Julia Gresson and Charlotte Burney um, 
met with them, had um, conversations with them about their practice, their research, their interests. Um, and they were the guys that showed me the x-rays, so the taxidermy x-rays of the birds. Um, and also organised me to have a you know, space to kind of work with them and photograph them, so they were great. Um, obviously the natural history uh, keepers, Joe Hatton and Emma, and how they um, basically went above and beyond the call of duty really <laughs> in terms of like uh, allowing me to kind of access the birds um, and organising um, spaces for me to actually be alone with the birds and to write and work with them. Um, and some of the birds had to come out of the cabinets on display as well, so that's quite a, an ordeal to kind of organise. So um, they were really, really great. Um, and Margaret Burney in the Musical Instruments Collection, she was really fantastic because um, she showed me around the collection and then we got, I got quite interested in this idea of bird whistles, which there's quite a lot in the, in the collection. So she organised for them to be cleaned and prepared and then we did a series of uh, kind of photographs and uh, films where um, I'd be looking at the, the whistles and then also playing them and trying to imitate the calls of extinct and endangered birds through these bird whistles. So that was kind of very early on in the process actually. Um, and then yeah, just I've met with the exhibitions team and also um, the kind of uh, creative producer Ollie who works there and we've had a couple of meetings where we've started to talk about how you know how we might realise the work. So um, across many different departments, really, yeah. which has been really nice. Yeah. Anything else that you can say about the plans that you've had for the closing event mm -hmm. for the residency? Yeah. So I've created, uh, I guess, a sort of performative presentation um, all around the passenger pigeon. So I've generated a series of fragments of text, film works. Sonic works um, and uh, images really that kind of manifest uh, the research that I've done around the passenger pigeon and they particularly relate to um, the research I did that followed on from the Hornerman Museum which was with the Gasworks Curatorial Residence. Um, their project really was looking at um, kind of ideas of mobility and migration from a kind of non-human perspective and um, what I decided to do was kind of think about how the movements of birds and humans interconnect over time and, and space and why and how these connections matter. Um, so I spent a lot of time kind of tracing critical cartographies, focusing specifically on the passenger pigeon, um, which is a bird that's endemic to North America. And it constantly migrated in North America in search of food and shelter within this range. But actually, the passenger pigeon is really entangled in uh, relationships um, with First Nations peoples of the Americas. Mm. Um, and also, um, there's lots of uh, research I did around um, you know, land rights and different laws um, that were passed uh, to kind of remove people from land and deforestation and conservation laws. Um, so there's a whole host of um, kind of factors um, around why and how the passenger pigeon became extinct, which yes, are obviously tied in with colonisation, um, particularly by the British mm -hmm. and the English. Um, so it, that that's a whole <laughs> yeah, that's that's a whole new kind of yeah. element to the work, which has become uh, this kind of performative presentation. So I think that. Um, that's work that also the conservators, so uh, 
uh, Julia and Charlotte came to see and were really uh, excited about. So how that sort of finds its way back into the museum through an event and also through some uh, possible kind of exhibition um, context or workshop, I think will be really interesting to explore. What other stuff have you got? coming up next um, the residency. because like I say the, I feel like the residency has been really fruitful and it's like this well mm. really that you can kind of keep drawing from and thinking about and thinking about in different iterations I think that sort of developing this work further um, to kind of like also getting some funding um, and also in discussion with the museum thinking about what you know how this lands there yeah. and, and um, I think that's going to be the next step really is to sort of get some funding and kind of develop the work further um, but I've got a, a residency with um, I, uh, I've got a collaboration called Metallurgy um, and we've got a residency coming up uh, we're going to be UK uh, Artists Associates at the Delphina Foundation Oh great, oh, so, Delphina's great that's yeah, great to be working with yeah. yeah, so I think that starts early September uh -huh. so um, yeah that's a, that's a sort of residency so that's quite exciting. So yeah, I think it's um, it's been a really massive journey, this. Yeah. And I think there's so much still to do and to kind of unpack and unpick. Well, that's great from, I mean, like, from our point of view. Mm. It's the, the point of it is to generate uh, kind of uh, driving material. The well, the well analogy is lovely, this mm. driving material and source for, for new work. So it's really nice mm -hmm. to hear that that that's happening. Definitely, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much. It's been really good to talk to you and um, really look forward to seeing what the, um, uh, what the things are that come out of it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, keep us, keep us up to date.